0: We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired.
1: Today's podcast is brought to you by Beekeepers Naturals, the company on a mission to reinvent your medicine cabinet by creating clean
0: and natural remedies that actually work. I started using beekeepers naturals a couple years ago after hearing about them on a podcast and I just loved how effective they worked, their clean, non-toxic and natural ingredients, the company's obsessive research and their pesticide testing, as well as their mission to support the pollinators. I just started
1: using their propolis spray and I absolutely love it. The throat spray is really your daily dose of defense when it comes to naturally supporting your immune system and soothing a scratchy throat with just three simple ingredients this spray is powered by sustainably sourced b propolis an incredible germ fighter that contains over 300 beneficial compounds it's exactly what your body needs when you during cold and flu season And I just love this spray. I use it every morning. It's super easy to use. I just spray it like right in my mouth and off I go. And it tastes good. And um, I love how they do all this research and testing and their remedies are so clean and effective.
0: Another product we love is the Bee Chill Honey. We all get stressed out, right? But a dose of the Bee Chill can help take the edge off. It's great at bedtime, you can put a spoonful of it in your tea to help you toss and turn less.
1: I've actually been doing that most nights. I've been putting a little scoop in my tea and mixing it up and it tastes so good and it's so calming and it just, I love um, having that at the end of the night to just kind of relax me before I go to bed.
0: And a couple other of their honey products are so great. You can buy the Bee Chill in travel size sticks. And so I recently went on a trip and brought it with me. I used it in my tea. I use it uh, in my plain yogurt. And I just have to add that their superfood cacao honey is delicious. I make these chocolate protein balls with it, and they're so good. I actually just made them last night. Now that we're going into winter, it's a great time to upgrade your upgrade your medicine cabinet and stock it with immune supporting products. To save 15% off on your first order, go to beekeepersnaturals.com slash art of living well. That's B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S.com slash A R T. O F L I V I N G W E L L to save 15% off. Simply enter the code ART OF Well at checkout and shop now for 15% off our favorite immune supporting products that your whole family will love.
1: Hello, and welcome to today's bonus episode of the Art of Living Well podcast. Today we're here with Princess Haley from Appetite for Change. And she was on our podcast back in early June, June 4th, to be exact. And we're so excited to have her back today. And today we're going to be talking about self-care and what what self-care actually means.
2: Hi, I am happy to be on your show again and glad that we're talking about the importance of self-care. I believe self-care is, I think we state it simply, but sometimes we find challenges to actually implementing it. Um, Self-care is about prioritizing what you're going to do to take care of the you that's going to do everything else, for everybody else. It's that daily, how do you manage and maintain and ensure that you've had enough water, enough rest, Um, and I I don't think we're implementing it enough into our culture. I think we often feel selfish and get that mixed up with self-care. Meeting your basic needs, especially during times of universal traumas and, and things as such, we will often put ourselves on the back burner and try to make sure everybody else's needs are met or that our work responsibilities are met, but we have a headache um, or our shoulders a little bummed out um, from sitting at the computer a lot. So just really keeping a gauge and a temperature and a a good look at how are you doing, asking and answering that question for yourself, I think for me, is where my self-care starts daily. I couldn't agree more.
0: Princess Haley. And I think, you know, one thing that, one one thing to think about is that self-care looks different for everyone. And I think something that you kind of a theme of what you just said is it's listening to your body and listening to what it needs. Like you talked about the pain and, you know, so many of us just kind of trudge through our daily lives, taking care of people and we don't tune in to what our body needs. Um, and, and, we all, I think self-care culturally gets somewhat of a bad rap, just that term, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but I used to think self-care was, oh, getting a massage, which happened maybe once a year, you know, or mm-hmm. the the bubble bath or um, maybe drinking wine. And that to me, I mean, the notion of self-care has changed so much for me. And like you said, it's what you need to do daily on a daily basis to take care of yourself and all the people in your life. Um, And
1: really, it's hard to take, you know, to take care of others well, if you're not taking care of yourself, right? So I find that in order for me to take care of my family, um, I really need to make sure that I'm taking care of myself so that I can meet their needs um, in a good way, as opposed to, you know, maybe screaming at them or whatever, because my stress level is so high, And really self-care, you know, there are some basic self-care needs that probably everybody um, could use, right? So there's like the self-care where you have to tune into your own body, of course, and listen and figure out what that is. But then there's also like those kind of basic self-care needs. Like I think, Princess, you mentioned, you know, drinking water or eating high quality food or, you know, sleeping, and just some of these things that everybody needs, right? In order to take care of themselves, their basic human needs.
2: Exactly. And I also believe that self-care gets off to a bad start when we don't start off with self-care in mind. So really rooting your day in yourself, as the you that's gonna do everything for everybody else and yourself and your job. You're gonna step into many roles. You're gonna put on many hats. I like to start my day with a beautiful morning ritual. And I awake just being grateful that I'm awake. I kind of tell the joke that the creator calls my name. He says, princess. And I say here, like in school, and I raise my hand. And he says, what are you gonna do today? And I give myself time to think of all of the disappointments and all of the celebrations and all of the traumas and all of the triumphs. And then I think about creator, I, I, might, I might not be good today. I, I might not be nice to someone today. So what do you have? for me to do today. I really want to surrender my trauma and my pain as a way of healing. So I acknowledge it, but I surrender it as a way to be open and receptive to my higher purpose and and my creator's divine plan um, for me. And then I bathe and I call it hydrate hygiene and herbs. So I drink some water. I take my herbs and I go handle my hygiene because at the height of my trauma, one of those usually falls off. Um, I might wake up and be so stressed thinking about the things I've endured and drive to the store and relapse on smoking cigarettes again. And that's the opposite of hydrating or taking herbs. I might not bathe. And I remember finding a note to myself where it was like, okay, get motivated and, handle your hygiene. Like there was a time in my life where I couldn't manage that. Um, So leaving a note to myself and now being able to look back at that note and see that I don't have those issues anymore. I have a ritual in the morning where I'm going to wake up, I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to hydrate hygiene and herbs. And then I'm going to beautify myself. And then I'm going to take a picture because I want to capture that moment. And even if when I beautify myself, sometimes after my hygiene, I may be in tears um, and I'm still going to capture that picture so that I can look back and kind of document the history of my days, um, because that's my story and my narrative and and how I can celebrate those many days. And then I have a light breakfast and I break my fast with vegetables Um, So we might do, this morning we had avocado and lime. And because my daughter is oppositional, she had an avocado with lemon. (laughs) And so, (laughs) right, like big deal. Um, And that's what we have for breakfast. And then we'll try to have like exercise before or after our heavier lunch and then a lighter dinner. And so just having that morning grounding ritual has me start my day in like self-care and then I can think about really well how to respond to that defiant daughter as you were saying and not yelling at her and I can think about what are we going to have for dinner and then I can fully tend to my job and other things when I've started my day off on the right foot which is the foot of self-care.
0: I love that. Thank you for sharing your ritual in the morning. And for people out there that don't have a morning ritual, and especially a morning grounding practice, you know, what, what strategies do you have for someone, you know, you talked about the times when you haven't had that practice and what that's meant. So maybe we can also just talk a little bit about how someone can get started on that practice and how you've really seen some of the benefits of doing those things versus
2: when, when you haven't had those, such a solid practice. I understand. Um, I want to say just waking up before everybody else wakes up. Mm-hmm. Having just whatever your morning ritual looks like or how much time you like to spend with yourself. I, I started out just getting up 30 minutes before I wake my daughter. Because usually it's like, hey, wake up. You got school." go. Psh- And they're off. And she's flipping up a computer, looking at it. And well, that's what it looks like now post-COVID. Or I'm like, okay, you got to wake up. Your school bus is coming in 15 minutes. Because we're kind of just add hot water and stir people. We do our preparation the night before. So your bath is the night before. So really the next morning, you just got to brush your teeth, wash your face, get dressed and get out the door. Um, But now waking myself up, Starting out at like 30 minutes before I'm going to wake her so that nobody else is awake but me. And that's my time to focus. And now I just wake with my husband who's up at five um, and he leaves out around six. And instead of getting back to bed, yes, I'm tired, but that's my time to love Mm -hmm. me, to rub lotion extra long on my feet or shea butter. Um, And then I wake my daughter up easily and say hey you got about 30 minutes before you wake up um and then you get to take that step into life softly into self-care um and and to watch her i want to say the benefits of doing it is that i believe change happens and i believe i spoke about it in the last podcast that change happens individually socially um, and systemically in no specific order but It was such an honor to watch her this morning after she did her hygiene. She made this turmeric mask for her face and she flossed her teeth and like took all this time on her oral hygiene and she lotioned her feet and put on fluffy socks and put socks on over her socks. Like, yeah, these are gonna help moisturize my... And just to know that even in a time where like now her computer's not working for school, she didn't stress out. She said, this is self-care time. And I believe by modeling, I don't agree with her regimens. Um, You know, I don't do the sugar baby lip scrub like she does. (laughs) But it's Um, the
1: idea of it, right? It's the idea
2: of it. Yes. And so when you don't care for yourself, you aren't going to be able to care for others as well. And you're not teaching your little ones and your family members or your social circle, how to prioritize their sales. Because again, you are the you that you do everything with.
0: I love that you're modeling that for her and you're already seeing the benefits of what you're doing. Cause she's having, now she has her own self-care routine. She
2: does at yes. a young age. At a very young age.
1: And princess, I couldn't agree more with you on the morning time. Like I I was telling Stephanie, before we hopped on this call, I got up. I mean, I actually got up way too early this morning. It was in the fours um, Mm. because my mind was spinning, but I, I think I needed that time. I always get up ahead of everyone in the house and I have my little morning routine, but this morning I got up extra early and I was able to add some other pieces of self-care into my morning that I normally can't always fit in, like um, setting some intentions for my day and doing some journaling and just taking that time for myself this morning, that extra time, Um, has made a really big impact on how the rest of my day is going. The one thing I noticed is that I'm like starving at 11 o'clock for lunch because I've been up for so many hours. (laughs) But aside from that, um, it's really been a good day so far. And I just think that extra time makes a really big difference in your self-care when you dedicate a small amount of time for yourself to do whatever it is you need to do for you.
2: Right. And in the beginning, I I had just made the list of what I would do and had Mm -hmm. it on the fridge, like gratitude, hydrate, herbs, take a picture, um, hygiene. And I wasn't really doing it because I had these overwhelming thoughts running through my head or these feelings. And one day, I just, like you said, I grabbed my journal on one of those mornings and was feeling down because I hadn't jump-started into what I wrote down that I would do. And I just wrote everything that was in my head. I call it a dump list and I just dumped it all out. And then the next morning, it was it was almost automatic. I was just in there doing the shower and I'm like, hey, wait, I'm not sitting on the side of the bed waiting on myself to get started again. So I want to also say outside of, you mentioned, you know, you do want to pay attention to how much water you drink. And I know that people say like eight glasses of water, but there's definitely a calculation to how much you weigh as opposed to how much water you're supposed to drink. I think it's per how many pounds, like. um, It's,
1: it's, I can tell you what it is. It's, you take your weight and you divide it in half. So if you weigh a hundred pounds, you should drink about 50 ounces of water a day. So you just take the weight in pounds, divide it in half. And then if you're sweating a lot or, you know, doing a lot of extra movement,
2: you probably want to add to that. Got it. Got it. And
1: and herbal teas, you know, can be included in that number.
2: Right. With honey or agave, we want to watch out for those, um, sugars and fake sweeteners um and having high quality food um i know a lot of people in the community that we talked to in the building felt this the 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 stigma and the judgment behind the word healthy so saying like what it's like saying don't run in the halls like what do you do Mm -hmm. if you you don't have access to healthy food or what is healthy food how do you identify that so i often identify it as like eating colorful live food colorful fruits and colorful vegetables and maybe i even want to say colorful vegetables and colorful fruits, fruits. second um because the vegetables have the vital minerals that you need and fruit tends to have, you know, it's a natural sugar, but you think about, you know, you eat one cutie, like you should only eat one cutie. You shouldn't eat three cuties just because they're little and cute. Like that's (laughs) one serving. Um, So understanding your portion sizes, having dinner with your family, like putting your fork down in between bites, uh, chewing slower, like having a chewing contest, seeing you can chew 20 times before you swallow because your digestion starts in your mouth. Um, also, not judging what you eat, like allowing yourself your comfort food., um, laughing, I also find oh. is a part of self-care. I have um, an uncle who's been battling with these heart problems and the doctor's like, boy, if you weren't laughing all the time, you'd probably already you know, not be here, yeah. but he's always laughing and his spirits are always up and not just the, the the physical motion of laughing, but like the hormones and endorphins that your body releases from like the joy from laughter. Sleeping and resting two different things. Like I still have my hammock in my living room because I'll just lay there and rest, and that's not sleeping and that's not meditating. It's something different, but just like letting my body lay there and focusing on my breath. I guess it turns into meditation, Um, but I'm not on my phone. I don't have a book. My computer's not there. I'm, I'm the lights are still on. I'm listening to the household. Um, I'm accessible to people and they're watching me just like not move for a little while and I'm really scanning my body to see when I'm breathing like how are my knees hey knees thanks knees Um, thanks feet thanks toes you know thank you brain thank you little bitty headache for going away Um, so the water that you're eating meditating you mentioned journaling I feel like that's very important as an outpour um, I kind of look at it as like inputs and outputs too, like investments into your body of those inputs, and then those outputs. Like, so if I'm gonna do some things in that are gonna be for me, they're gonna make me feel good. It's gonna give me enough energy, kind of like charging your Tesla or putting gas in your car, to be able to give something out to someone. Um, and talking to friends, asking for help. Um, those That's such are such all- a big one. Yeah. And it's so
1: hard for people to do, right? Like that's one of the hardest things. I think people, especially women who want to do everything themselves.
0: Yes. I have a hard time with that all the time, but then I get then, you know, frustrated with my family for not doing more, but I haven't actually asked for help. (laughs) Um, so that's, that's a big thing for me that I need to focus on for 2021.
2: I also think our asking for help piece stops with um expectations like i know how the kitchen table or the dining room table should be set and cleaned but if i ask for some help it's probably not gonna look like how i know it should look so really not setting with the this one right way of doing things but understanding that for the family to fully be a part of what's happening at this kitchen table, this stage that we're setting for um, us to learn how to socialize and be respectful and share and um, have these deep conversations at the the dining room table means that I have to also allow them to bring their own creative swag Mm -hmm. to the table as well. Not just, that's the tablecloth my mother put on, we only use that on Sundays and the napkins sit here, and why are the paper towels not in the kitchen? You know, I have to allow them to bring um, their self-expression to that stage as well, which means I have to maybe understand, not lower my expectations, but understand that there's more than one right way to just clean and get the dining room table ready for dinner. And I'm I'm not losing anything I'm actually gaining something by seeing what somebody else can make and create. And I think um, appreciating, uh, or you creating, writing, drawing, painting, sewing. Um, I love just taking a piece of material and making it a shirt or making it a hair wrap or covering up on the couch with it. Like that's that same piece of material. It's been a blanket, it's been an outfit, it's been a head wrap. And I love that creativity in myself, but being able to embrace Um, and foster and appreciate that in somebody else. I can't do it until I can do it for the inner me, for a self-care for me, and then I can do it for somebody else. So maybe it's even a gauge to watch out that if we are being a little catty um, or not patient or looking for this one right way, it's because maybe it may be saying to yourself that look at me, you haven't cared for me you haven't listened to me. I'm upset with myself because you haven't prioritized yourself. And maybe that's that internal fight that you see. I notice when like I see things in other people that upset me, I often look at myself to say, I haven't seen myself since this morning, since I did hygiene, right? Mm -hmm. And beautified my face and took my picture. Um, what is it about that person that might reflect something in me that I can't see? Mm. So really keeping that that gauge and that temperature and that look on self. Um,
1: I think that's such I, a, I, a good point. And I was just going to say, even to take that point further, um, I think when you're talking about taking care of yourself and self-care, it's really also about setting those boundaries on how people um, are treating you. And making sure that if you're not feeling, you know, like a relationship is a good relationship for you, um, you know, maybe taking a step back from that relationship and not putting so much into it, whatever it may be, just because it's better for you um, to surround yourself with people that you feel good with.
2: Yes, I definitely agree with that. And I've also heard um, so many people with social distancing being in our homes that um, domestic violence has been on the rise. Um, and I, like I said, I wake up in the morning and say, you know, I might not be nice today because I've been hurt, because I've had these traumas and these pains. I acknowledge the, the polarities and possibilities of where princess may land. And when I experience that with my loved ones, I know, like you said, I don't invest that time into those negative interactions, but I, I also am aware that they they don't have the, the knowledge and experience that I have or the intentionality training that I've been through or empowerment or um, the, just the, the focus on how to tend to myself, so then I have to model it doubly. Like, you know, I'd love to argue today would be great, but I'm choosing to just go have some water. Would you like some water? And you can't argue when you're drinking water. So like modeling that um, and not at that time judging, because I think we're all enduring some universal traumas now, Not judging, you know, my daughter's just, you know, dysfunctional, I need to get her some help, or I'm too mean to my husband, and um, just allowing ourselves other spaces to journey into, or let's take a walk, or something like that, because I know at some point in time, we weren't interacting like that. So I do think it's good to keep a gauge on when are people out of behavior, or out of character. What have they been eating? What is is their input? Have they been up watching scary movies after Halloween? Um, Or did you go to the fast food restaurant for lunch, you know, because all of those inputs are going to impact how you're behaving. And if that person is truly not needed to be around because they're continuing those negative behaviors, I do think that's being compassionate to yourself and being um, safe with your space. But I'm finding now more than ever that people who've been in love for years are still just finding it a bit challenging to, you know, socially distance and be in the house together. And sometimes I just have to say, want a smoothie, want some water, or just, or not say anything. One of my most recent lessons I've learned is I say more when I don't say anything. So if I have poured into myself for the morning and my self-care is good, then my pouring out to my loved ones that I'm in the house with, just my daughter and my husband, are the hugs, are the deep looks in the eyes, are the high fives. My daughter loves the high fives and I don't, but I can't tell her that. So I've got to, <laughs> cause I'm like, girl, you wash your hands? No. <laughs> But the high fives, the hugs, the back pats, the head rubs, just the soft, gentle touches. And then I get those back. Mm -hmm. So if I pour into myself first, I can pour out into them. And then they can pour back into me. And then the cup isn't half empty or half full. It's like a pot. It's a bowl. It's overflowing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's spilled. We've cleaned it up. And everybody feels great.
0: You know something you said just now um, princess about touch and like the hugs and that's something that people we all need more of and just the number of hugs can't remember where I heard this recently, but like everyone should have at least seven hugs a day I can't remember the number it's something like. seven. It was one of our guests. That oh is that that what it was okay and. If I think about the number of people that aren't getting that right now because of the social distancing, you know, so what else can we do to be creative? But I just think the power of touch, like you said, you don't even need words sometimes right. looking someone in the eye, giving them a hug, you know, a, a, even just the immediate family members in your house. Um, right. I think it's really powerful. And these are just simple acts of self-care yes. that don't cost any money, Right.
2: Right. And, and you can do self hugs. One of the things that I think I skipped in my morning ritual is when I wake up, I stretch, like I try to force myself to yawn because I try to let my rituals as much mimic nature, like babies, before they get jobs, like my daughter's been working, my boys started working, they started ironing their own school clothes at five. So, I've always had super responsible kids. Like for some reason, I was raised under this idea that you have to be, work twice as hard to be twice as good as everybody else. And then my son grew up and came back and challenged me about that. Like, they they still don't think I'm as good. I'm like, okay, we'll work on that. But like my daughter's 15, she has three jobs. But before she had three jobs, she was a baby. And when she woke up, she breathed in the biggest gasp of oxygen and this yawn and she stretched and she sent that oxygen searching through her body. So waking up and stretching, and even if I'm not stretching, giving myself that good hug. Think about people with like anxiety and how they like to feel um, weighted down or squished. Um, And I think right now we can all say that we have our fair share of thoughts, without owning um, a disorder to go along with it. Also think self-care is about speaking your healing. So when I was healing from a traumatic brain injury, I was never running around like, hey, you know, I got a TBI. I'm like, I'm (laughs) healing from a traumatic brain injury. So I don't wanna own anxiety, it doesn't belong to me, but I have my fair share of thoughts. But sometimes just that hug in the morning or wrapping myself up goofily in the blankets and then fighting out with the struggle,
0: mm-hmm. I, I
2: think that's um, I think that's self care. Doing some of those childlike things when you feel as if your breath is constricted or you're getting um, anxious, I carry a little small thing of bubbles in my purse, and it's so simple. But to create a beautiful batch of bubbles takes focus so it takes your mind off whatever's going on You're breathing kind of yeah. something I replaced when I wanted to stop smoking um you're you've got to pattern that breath so it's a deep breathe out a deep breathe in um and then you want to get a good batch so you can't shake them you've got to display patience and all of that and then when you see them they make you happy and all of yeah, totally. that is for you, so those childlike things, blowing bubbles, skipping, uh, just doing something as silly as wrapping yourself up in your blanket in your bed when you get out. You got to make the bed up anyway, let's go ahead and have some fun. All of those things are caring for yourself,
1: and yes. even dancing, right? We talked about dancing, like, that's one of our favorite things to do, especially like around. Mealtime and meal prep would just turn on the music and dance around the kitchen. My kids love it. Like the dog loves it. Everybody, lo- Everybody's excited.
0: Who doesn't and like dancing. a dance party? I just right. did that a couple of weeks ago. I was really having a day and I was feeling stressed and anxious and I was like, I think I just need a dance party. And I just turned on some music. No one was around to dance with me, but I had fun. And it, it changed my mood within mm. like five minutes.
2: And right. you kind
0: of forget everything else when you're
1: dancing, right? Yeah, just dancing.
2: Right. I, I forget that I can't dance. when I'm <laughs> like. My, But who cares, right? Right. My siblings often tell me, and Beyonce is a great dancer, right? Oh yeah. She's also a Virgo, right? And so am I. And there's this one video she has where she's kind of freestyle and it's not really choreographed. And they're like, "That's how you look when you dance." And I'm like, "That." She needed help with those dances on that video. But her dance is so free moving and she's just like feeling herself. Um, but not having judgment, that my whole purpose for bringing up her story is like that was, it's her Drunken Love video. But that's that time where she's just like, you can tell that she's just like grooving. It's not such a choreograph and it's still beautiful. and And her smile is really authentic. Um, Some of the the dances that like we do in the black community often get a lot of judgment like twerking because you're moving your butt too much and I've opened it up to my nieces and daughters like eventually at some point in time you're going to you may you may want to give life. And this is the preparation of the hips in Africa to birth children. And it, and it's just negatively connotated here in America as twerking and something that's sexual, but it, your body wants to do it. So do, dancing, twerking, break dancing, like get on your back, try a little spin, like a little snake, a little electric boogaloo, like the Harlem Shake, like tons of dances. But it's really about moving your body, my grandmother, would dance and stay very, very healthy. She told me that a body in motion stays in motion and we are all bodies of water. That's what she used to tell me. So dancing, definitely. Um, chopping wood, like I had a tree fall by my house and I had this big ax and I would just go out and like chop it and my husband was like, I can chop that. And I'm like, I wanted to do it to make that sound and, Um, uh, just to get it out Um, and sometimes even screaming or just being in nature something else really weird that I did that was self-care and a real big stress reliever we um when COVID happened, we, everybody rushed to get water. Um, we were afraid we were gonna run out of water. So we had these gallons of water. And so we had all these gallons that had to go out to recycling and they were like in this room. And I just went in the room and batted around the <laughs> gallons and they made these noises, but I felt so, I was angry. I was angry at, at the dishes weren't done and the leftovers weren't put up. And I was really upset over that little thing. And that was self-care for me to just bat mm-hmm. around those gallons. And then when they went out to recycle I was like, what am I gonna do now? So I have <laughs> two that I kept and I can just like clap them together um, or even picking up a can of beads and shaking them. Um, my beads that I use for like making bracelets and not being, I think the biggest piece is not judging anything that you do. If you know you're supposed to drink um, 50 ounces of water a day and you have a pineapple juice through the middle of the day, don't get down on yourself about it. Getting down on yourself will probably make you have a, a 16 ounce Pepsi after that pineapple juice because you feel bad when you think bad about yourself and then you want to have those, those good in what are those things called, um, those good endorphins, um, Mm -hmm. going in your body. So you'll do something like drink sugar because that tells you, yay, you're happy. And this is good. And giving yourself, um, a certain amount of grace. Um, I want to say the, the thing that I would wrap up with was like being compassionate with yourself. I think in these days I've acknowledge that often I want people to understand my trauma. I want them to listen to my story. I want them to do for me as I've done for them, like that golden rule. I want them to acknowledge that I am a caretaker and sometimes I need assistance. And if they can't do that, then am I just gonna be without it? No then I'm going to acknowledge my traumas. I'm going to hear my story. I'm going to support myself by asking for help being that I am the caretaker. And that's that true compassion. Um, I had a writing prompt that said judgment or compassion. And a lot of the women in the healing circle wrote about being judged. And one woman wrote really beautifully about being compassionate to herself. And that's been my lesson for, um, one of my true core values for like the last three years is if somebody's not giving it to me, then I got to give it to me and then I'm not without it. Yay. And then I'm not upset with them and it doesn't take me down the rabbit hole. I think that's so
1: important because I think a lot of people do look outside themselves to get what they need when really you're responsible for getting what you need within you.
0: Well, I think looking externally, that's usually not what you need. Like the, either the right. validation or a, a physical object or a material possession or whatever it is, right? That's short term. Because if you don't look inward, um, you know, heal yourself from the inside out in all respects. So that's such a great way to to wrap this up, princess. and so one of the things we wanted to share with everyone is just this we hope that you're enjoying this episode about self-care but we don't want this to be sort of the end of the road if you will and we're going to have a fun collaboration we're going to do quarterly check-ins with princess on that you can tell us where people can find you and we'll link this all up obviously in the show notes
2: I would like for us to do those quarterly check-ins. If you follow Appetite for Changes Facebook page, as one of the founders, I've been going live on Facebook since COVID, just to keep a pulse on what the community needs, wants, letting them know about some resources. So definitely just go to our Facebook page. If you're not on our Facebook page already, go to our Facebook page and sign up, and then we'll let you know ahead of time when we're gonna do our quarterly updates, but that's where we're gonna share those.
1: And we would love to encourage you all to think about your own self-care and what that means to you and maybe you know how you can show up for
0: yourself. And so Marnie, what are you gonna kind of focus on for 2021? What are the couple of things that you wanna really incorporate into your, your self-care routine? I mean, journaling is
1: a big, um, thing that I'm trying to incorporate into my, as more of my daily ritual. It's been, um, something that I find that when I do, as Princess mentioned, I like to call it a brain dump. (laughs) So, but I like to just have that, those few minutes where I can just write down whatever I want. Maybe it's a list. Maybe it's a brain dump. Maybe I'm writing something beautiful. It doesn't matter. I'm just writing Um, So really incorporating that, um, continuing to move my body every day, whatever that looks like, Um, could be a walk outside, could be, you know, a run, a bike, whatever it is, dancing in the kitchen, just moving my body every day, and then continually working on non-judgment because that's super important to me, and it's something I'm always trying to think about for both myself and others what about you
2: guys i've been writing short stories lately i made this index card thing that i carry on my neck because ideas just come in my head so quick and then i write them down and then later on at night i write a short story that goes to it i want to For self-care, I want to be able to, so I'm having a, I'm pouring out. I think I'm taking care of me by writing, but I I would like to listen more, um, to see what lessons can I learn and harvest from others. And I think that's the reason why I was really interested in doing this podcast because we've been in the business of appetite for change, food as a tool for health, wealth, and social change for almost nine years. And so we, people have came to us to say, you know, how do I lose weight? How do I get vegetables into my little ones? How do I grow food? How do I learn new recipes? And we've been the ones giving people information. I would love to hear from the community And I would love to to find out from, you know, your community and our community abroad, like what other things can I be doing? So I want to listen. I want to harvest. I want to be able to grow with ideas like the leaves that have now all fallen off the trees and still have those steady branches that will sustain me through the next season of other things that I can do for self-care, so I plan to listen and I think I even wanna practice that in the house. Like my husband has great recipes, but I'm like, I know how to cook that, just I'll cook it. But I think it's time to listen and harvest some of those recipes. And I would love to hear what the community, what you plan to do for self-care and what all of you listeners plan to do for self-care as well.
0: You said a couple of things that are on my list as well, Princess. The listening, um, and that's something I've been, I mean, it's, I've been trying to focus on that within my family. Um, And I think sometimes as a mom, you know, I like to like control the situation and what's going on, (laughs) particularly around food with my family, and I need to listen to them more. Um, And writing seems to be a theme with all of us, because I started journaling last January, and I was very good about it for about six or eight months, and then I've fallen off the wagon. So... I want to pick back up with journaling and the last thing is getting outside every day. So this is the winter. I was really good about it all summer and that was a silver lining of COVID as I really just got out and walked a lot more and I scheduled a lot of walks with friends. And that's what I've been doing again. Cause that's during this time we can't see people as much. It's nice to be able to get outside and move your body, be in nature and then also have that, that, I almost, I call it like therapy, really just having a conversation with someone and I am committed to getting outside in the winter every day. And maybe unless it's like, you know, 20 below, maybe I'll take a break, but I am going to get outside even if it's just for 15 minutes. So
2: yeah, I like, thank you for sharing. I like that word you said, take a break and remember you only took a break from journaling. No judgment. I you didn't did fall off the wagon. You're still on the wagon. So- <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Yes, yes I agree.
1: The- I was thinking the same
2: thing when you said that. No judgment. I, I but you just took a break. I, I think there's, there's, there's so much that we want to know and we want to go straight A, B, C, D when life is just so random and that's the beauty of it. So that acceptance of, of wherever you are in that moment, um, Sometimes I lose the cards and I'm like, oh, I'm just really accepting it. Like maybe that idea wasn't the best idea or I just don't have it now and I can accept that and go on and wait on the next one. Um, so you are still Absolutely. on the wagon. Yes. You just took a break from journaling.
0: I took a break and everyone in this community, um, if you've taken a break, it's okay. We're going to start fresh, right? Yes. So.
1: Thank you, so much, Thank
0: you so much, Princess. This has been
1: wonderful to have you on today. Yeah, and we really look forward to these future collaborations. I think it's super fun.
0: And I think it's just fun to be able to share everyone's um, what what other people are doing and what they want to do, and it really helps me even hold myself accountable. Um, for what we want to do, and I think we wanted to mention one more thing before we finish wrap this. Up. Yes, about the meal box program. And so, Princess, maybe, us?
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Can you share about the meal box program that Appetite for Change is running right now, and how people can, can maybe donate?
2: Yes, of course. And the Mealbox meal box program came out of the innovative ideas at of the community of Appetite for Change, which are um, our constituents our community members and our donors and volunteers as well. We used to host community cooks events, which is our flagship program where we would cook and eat and talk about social change 52 times a year. And with social distancing, we were wondering, how do we do that? How do we continue to allow families a time and space to get real vegetables and, happy proteins into their diets, so we curated partner with um, local crate and good acre and a few other great organizations that helped us put together recipes so a vegetarian recipe and a meat option recipe we get two recipes per meal box we're in our third round of delivering these meal boxes to 200 participants and if you are interested in supporting our efforts, you can visit our website, which is at www.afc, like appetite for change, M-N, like minnesota.org. And there's a link there that you can click to say donate. We've been able to do eight weeks of boxes for 200 participants. Um, eight more weeks of mailboxes for 300 participants. And now this week we're about to embark on our next eight for 200 participants. And that is from monies that people have signed up to be monthly donors, as well as who's just given one-time large gifts saying they want to support a family. But if you were able to give a month, I believe that would actually help one family get a meal box um, for that one week. And that meal box Mm -hmm. is going to actually feed six people because it's two recipe, actually eight people because it's two recipes. So it feeds four twice. I believe I have those numbers right. Um, And that was just our innovative way to come up with it. But when Audrey Lawrence says that self-care is the most revolutionary act. It partners with um, my supervisor, Stephanie Malone, saying that she believes that self-care starts in the kitchen, because if you're not feeding yourself good, fresh, local air and your soil isn't good, and you're, I mean, you're not feeding yourself air, but if you don't have good air, you don't have good soil, you don't have good water, you can't have good food. And if you're not having good food, then you're probably not gonna have good choices and listen to good information and good messages and down the rabbit hole you go. So definitely check us out on our website. We're in our third round of these and we would definitely appreciate your generous support. It will go a long way.
1: Thank you so much, Princess. We love that program. It's so, it's so
0: cool. (laughs) It, It is, and especially right now, I mean, this episode is dropping in the middle of the holiday season too. So really encourage our listeners any amount um to donate i know you guys would really appreciate it so
2: yes and they're delivered by doordash so um, social distancing measures are staying in practice we're going to be delivering some meals for thanksgiving that we're getting donated by tayher so we're just continuing to develop as community members reach out and say hey I want to help with this. We have these meals. How do we get them out? And we're just, we're just keeping on going.
0: Well, great. Well, thank you so much. This is so fun. And we look forward to our um, quarterly check-in on Facebook. (laughs) And I think I'm going to go do a little dance party right now. Yes. And have a great, (laughs) have a great rest of your day.
2: (laughs) Me too. Thank you. Uh, All right. I'm going to go wake up my daughter and we might go dance as well. So dancing. Perfect. Dancing. dancing. Sounds fun. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. See you next time.
0: Peace. We're already having so many people ask when our next upcoming seven-day functional medicine liver detox is. So So
1: we want you to save the date um, and plan ahead. It's going to start on Sunday, January 10th and run through January 16th. So right in the new year, we can get started on our quarterly liver detox.
0: And we'll have more information to come, but right now you can head on over to our website, www.theartoflivingwell.us slash programs for more information. You can sign up and get your kit today. You could gift it to someone for the holidays. And we look forward to having you join us.
1: Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast.
0: We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media.
1: If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook, where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey
2: to living well.